Blog Talk Radio. checking in already. My man Job Prince, I see you checking in. Appreciate y'all for coming in early and on time. Uh it, it's been a crazy couple of days for me. First of all, uh, um you, you have so many things going on in your life and you take certain things for granted, certain people for granted. So I want to take today the beginning of this show to be thankful and to be uh, uh definitely to thank certain people in my life. One person I'd like to thank I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Marcus Mason. If you heard the intro that we just played, uh, Marcus uh, put that intro together for me, good friend of mine. And uh, you know how you meet people kind of, and it could be in passing, but some people end up being in your life for a long time. Marcus is one of those guys. Thank you, uh, Mr. Marcus Mason, Pastor Marcus Mason, good friend of mine. Uh, also, also thank you to my my uh, my friend and my assistant, Miss Madeline Smith, who is who is running all the behind the scenes of this show? You won't hear her talk because she don't like to talk, <laughs> but she is is absolutely present. If you get any of our emails, if you if you like any of the stuff that we put out, any of the look of it, uh, uh, Madeline is completely responsible for it. Uh, she she came into my life, and 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 it's been awesome ever since. So thank you to Madeline. Uh, I, I want to definitely and you know what I got to thank my wife. My wife is right now out of town. And uh, so I've, I've had the kids all weekend, and you kind of take for granted, you know, all of the stuff a human being does. But it's so much stuff not getting done because she's not here. <laughs> I mean, uh, in addition to just uh, uh, being here for our children, I mean, washing the clothes and running the errands and all of that stuff. You know, I'm really, you know, got a chance this weekend to kind of take all of that stuff in and. Uh, and attempt to kind of fill her shoes, which, you know, I, I kind of always ask for that respect, but I got to make sure I give her that respect as well because, man, these kids wear me out, man. My my little girl, she here, she here all day. And uh, once she get up, she don't go back down. So she wide awake, and you might hear her today because she's not going to not come in this room for an hour. I already know that. So she decided early today to take her diaper off, change her own diaper. So, uh, long story short, this Dookie on my carpet upstairs. Now I got to figure out how to explain that to my wife when she get back. I, I cleaned it up best I could, but it ain't really cute. All right, uh, shout out to my guest, the Curvy Queen. I see you. I see you logged into the chat. Uh, 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 James Black, I see you, baby. Thank you for uh, 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 reconnecting on yesterday, man. Thank y'all so much. Yeah, she took her own diaper off. Yeah, John, she took it off, man. It, it kills me. Uh, uh, Curvy Queen said, men can never fill a woman's shoes. 
That that might be true. That might be true. But that's beside the point. Let me that that's my other phone. I'm uh that's myself. I don't even know who that is. So so with that, what today is show about? I I I, I wanted to showcase comedy, and uh, if you caught the show a few weeks ago, I had the ladies on uh, Miss Vanessa Fraction, uh, Lunell, and, <clears throat> and my girl Angela Means. And uh, today I wanted to talk about another another uh, uh, niche market in stand up comedy, which is gospel comedy. And 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 I don't want to diminish what it is because there's a huge audience that wants to hear clean comedy, but with a uh, a, a, a a biblical slant or clean comedy with a um with that that that's kind of you know almost you know tailored toward the gospel community. Like like you got gospel music, you also have gospel comedy, and I have a few friends that specialize in that. And uh, I want to also shout out my callers that are on the line just listening. Thank you for calling in and listening from Atlanta, from uh look like Texas. Thank you all for, uh, for listening on the line. I really appreciate you all. Tara Love Diva just checked in into the chat room. You can uh, call and listen. The number is 718-305-6383. Or if you want to chime in, if we can get callers in, that's the number to call, 718-305-6383. That's our number for the show. And also, if you just want to uh, log into the chat, it's blogtalkradio.com forward slash uh, Rodney Perry Live. You can check us out there, and you can listen to the show online. If you're sitting at your desk or whatever, uh, you can check us out. Man, our listenership has been growing. Our people have been growing. And these shows I do with comedians are the funniest shows. So I I definitely want to make sure I continue to showcase comedians and showcase what we do. Before I get into the show, I gotta let y'all know what I got going on. RodneyPerry.com. Uh, this week I'm going to Monroe, Louisiana. Um, and for those of you who know me, I'm from Chicago, but I finished high school in Monroe. And they're giving me an award for my high school. They're giving me an award for, I guess, living or you know, you know, being exemplary uh, alumni. And so I'm going up. I'm going down to Monroe, Louisiana, and I'm doing a show in Monroe Thursday night. It's the first time I've done a show in Monroe in 10 years, and and definitely the first time I ever headlined a show there. So it, it, it's Carroll High School's homecoming weekend. Uh, myself, Robert Powell, uh, my man B.J. Bell is hosting from 101 to Beat right there in Monroe, man, and I'm excited about this. I'm going to be at Southern Soul. That's 22, I mean, 221 Desired Avenue, 221 Desired Avenue. That's in Monroe, Louisiana. It's going to be so crazy. And then Friday, we're going to kick it. I'm going to kick it with all my classmates. And Saturday, we might go down to Graham. You never know. Graham University, Rodney Perry may be on the yard. So get ready. I'm going to have my flyers out there. I'm looking to get uh, uh, 500 Twitter followers this weekend. That's my goal, 500 Twitter followers this weekend. So with that, tweet about the show. If you're online, you're listening, if you're at your desk, if you if you if you um if you're uh, on the chat, however you're listening, tweet about the show. Let people know what's going on with the show. I really appreciate all of y'all that's been tweeting and, and keeping us relevant out there in the air. Uh, Onika Day, my girl Kirby Queen, she tweeted. My man Jay to the Beat just tweeted. Mr. Whispers just tweeted. John Prince tweeted. I appreciate y'all. Uh, Kedar. You know, all, all, all the good people from my Twitter feed, man. Thank y'all so much. Man, you, this is such a, 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 a an awesome awesome way to communicate with people now back to what the show is about the show is about stand-up comedy first 
Gospel Comedy Second, and and the respective journeys of the people that I'm gonna get an opportunity to talk to today. And my first guest is on the line. I, I'm so excited to uh, to talk to this man. I, I've I've had an opportunity to share space with him. He was one of our writers on the Monique Show. I've had an opportunity to uh, break bread with him. I've had an opportunity to talk with him just on on man to man level. He's a father. He's a, a, a husband. He's a comedian and and each one of these comedians has had a different role to gospel comedy. And this particular gentleman, he started off cussing like me, but he got a calling that was maybe a little different than my calling. And I want to talk to him because of that. One of the coldest comics in the game, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from Columbia, South Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, all places in between, show some love for Mr. Akintunde. What's up, RP? What's going on with you? <laughs> What's up, Ock? <laughs> How you doing, bro? Where you from? I'm from Savannah, Georgia. Exactly. Okay, you're from Savannah, but you live in Columbia. Yeah, I live in Columbia about uh, almost nine years. Okay. Now, now, Ock, me, I, I, I want to hit your resume. I want to do your resume justice. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you've, you've done it all from writing from today's arguably today's best comedians one in monique one in right. um um chris tucker uh right. and, and not to mention other people you've helped me you know <laughs> many times uh <laughs> what's the difference in octa writer and octa comedian i think uh both of them very similar but the uh the octa comedian is focused on serving the the other person and I think that's the the, the main Octa thing. Octa writer. Octa writer. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say that wrong? I said it wrong. Thank you, Roddy. Um, Octa writer is focused on serving other person because comedy, you know, stand up for us is can can be a, a selfish art form because you pretty yeah. much you focus on yourself. But uh, when you when you write some for somebody else, you know, it's it's all about uh, um, ple- uh, setting that person up to be successful. And you, and you know, the beauty of writing is you can have the bomb joke. And then, you know, either whether I bring it to you or whether I would take it to most, if y'all didn't like it, hey, that, it, that bomb joke just, it, it ain't going nowhere. And that's and you have to be big enough and and solid enough in what you do be to step aside and say, okay, great, now what's, what's next? And I think that's where the servant part comes in. Hey, man, this is Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to my man, Akintunde. We're talking about comedy uh, first, gospel comedy second, uh, you can check out Akintunde on his website, net. Man, your website is incredible, Ak, man. You, you you do so many. I mean, you really, I mean, I've taken pages out of your book and how you market yourself. Um, to me, you are so much more than a comedian, and, and I'm going to get into the gospel portion of what you do. But talk to me about Akintunde, the businessman. Well, I mean, that kind of came on later. I, you know, you know, as any comedian knows, you know this right here, man. Like when, we, when I met you in L.A., we were both comedians, you know, trying to get stage time. You had been out there longer, and you were more established in the L.A. comedy uh, community. And and what you realize is L.A. will teach you this real quick. You pretty much, it's show business, but it's business show. Mm. And you figure out real quick how to get the business together. So for me, through kind of, you know, through trial and error, happenstance, getting burnt, you know, whack managers, um, great managers. You you learn that uh, you got to get the foundation down, and that's what's going to make you successful. That's going to make you, what's going to make you sustainable over a long uh, career, and that's what's going to make you be able to, as you know, take care of a large family. 
Now, now we're going to talk to uh, Michael Jr. a little later. We're going to talk to uh, Bone a little later. Um, each one of y'all have had a different journey toward uh, what, 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 what we refer to as gospel comedy. Tell me about your journey and how you ended up where you are and, and really as one of the premier talents in the gospel world. Well, I mean, I, I I was a secular comedian for years, and um, uh, you know, like you said, I was cussing. So that was <laughs> you were doing more than cussing. I used to, yeah, I was, I was, I was a king cusser. I used to write my jokes and put the cuss words in. I was, in the know, right, like, I I write a joke. I say I'm gonna cuss right there, and I'm gonna go, then I'm gonna cuss again right there. I put oh! it in. There. <laughs> I'm gonna cuss again. <laughs> so, so, but then when I got saved in in '99. Then what happens is happened was my my spirit began to grieve whenever I would say certain things. So mm. I would literally be on stage like inside every time I say something, my spirit would be like, oh, oh, you know better. And um, it finally came to a head, man. Ironically, in Columbia, South Carolina, I was headlining the Comedy House Theater, and uh, I don't. It, I was it, it was so bad the whole week. I would I would go on stage and then come off and get drunk because I felt bad. Wow. So uh, I went back to the hotel, and I asked God a question. And when I woke up, it was so scary because Pastor Creflo Dollar was on TV, and he answered my question verbatim, like like clearly. And, and it scared me. I never had God answer, answer uh, or speak to me like that. And then from then, I went through like a two-year period where I, I kind of stopped doing comedy, or I would only do shows when I absolutely had to. And... Um, and then I kind of, because I thought I couldn't do it. I, I didn't really know that there was another avenue. And then um, uh, my pastor at the time, then he kind of, he literally said one day, he was in church, he said, you know, that's, uh, Brother Ock is going to host something at church. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that, but yeah, I guess I am. And he was like, he said, he's our very own gospel comedian. I was like, okay. All right. And, that, and, right. and I'm like, well, I guess I can't cuss, <laughs> you know, so, and that, and that kind of began that process of, of like a two-year period. Of just transitioning, you know, my career. I always say I got saved in '99. My career got saved in 2001. Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Now, now for me, uh, there was a place in LA. Uh, myself, Bone, who we'll talk to later, Cat uh, Williams, a bunch of us used to go to this place called Stepping Up. And Stepping Up, Vince D, uh, mm-hmm. who was from yep. um, Shreveport, Louisiana. Vince D, very funny comedian. Yep. Vince D started this room. And it was a gospel comedy room. So let me explain for anybody in the audience what the difference is. You can be clean and not be gospel, you know, because you can you can do a clean set and still have sexual innuendo. You can do a clean set and still have, you know, dirty humor, but it just not have any profanity in it. So gospel has a different moral uh, vibe. Am I right? Is that true? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And and I think that's probably some of the probably some of the the the, the uh, confusion sometimes. Cause see, and it, and it really depends on it really depends on you. Really got to be spirit led because there's certain churches you can get away with doing certain jokes, and there's other churches you can't get away with that. It's like that that's not gonna roll at all. And I think I think you can't do a joke about a long dress at some churches. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Some churches you can't go anywhere near anything female. Then on, at the same time, I did a marriage conference one time, and uh, me and Small Fire um, did the set, and I was hosting. And Small Fire, she did a marriage conference set, 
she did a, a set like she was in a, it was clean, but she did a set like she was in front of a uh, a group of uh, couples, which it was all married couples. So right. I mean, I think it's um I think you really got to be spirit led because and which is which is the, why that why that relationship with God is always key because you can offend somebody and not know it, and then at the same time you could you know you can you could you could. Being in a house where the pastor may be a little bit more more laid back, or he may be a, a, a comedic pastor, then yeah. you can kind of go in some other areas. But see, you got cats like Bone and um, and and uh, Michael Junior. They've been doing it for a long time. Two hilarious cats and two established comedians. And so, what, what what you learn through the process when you've been doing that long is you learn I can do this here or I can't do that there. But but it is a difference. It is a clear difference. Wow. So, hey, hey, we on. This is Rodney Perry. It's Rodney Perry Live. We on with my man, Akintunde. We talking gospel. We talking comedy. Now, now you've you played some major stages, man. You, you, you've you worked a mega fest with T.D. Jakes. You currently tour with Pastor Dollar, you know, Pastor you know, Creflo and Taffy Dollar. Uh, man, what's it like to be, you know, touching as many people as the quote-unquote secular comics, and do, is there still a desire to to be not necessarily secular, but to to be like I guess mainstream, for lack of a better word, where the world knows about you? You know, I you know it, it, it's interesting because when I first started, I felt like I was like somewhat underground, and 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 the reason why I felt that way was because a lot of my peers. Had kind of thought I fell off the map, right? Because I came out of clubs where I was working every week, all week, and then I went into basically a situation where I was doing doing more ministries or churches or like theaters or venues. So to me, I was away from my peers, so I felt out of the loop. But what I didn't realize was I had to come to terms with, look at a different, change my paradigm on. Okay. I was I'm reaching. Uh, uh, some, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes a bigger audience, sometimes a much bigger audience right. than than I would if I was doing a comedy club. So I would, you know, now I, you know, for it's it's, a, it's amazing because I look at me and your schedule. Now you'll be in a city, and then you're doing um, uh, 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 the Funny Bone. And you're going to be there three nights. And I might do a church, and I might, I might be there one night or two nights. And it's like it's really almost very similar in that I'm playing a – I might be playing a four to 500-seat church or a 1,000-seat church. You could be playing a four to 500-seat comedy club or a 1,000-seat comedy club. I think the – and what I had to come to terms with some years ago was that, hey – I'm doing my my thing. I'm just doing it a different way. I'm doing the way God told me to do it. It's not what God told somebody else. It's what He told me to do. So w- once you get past that, I think then you know it's you get to. I get to the point now where I get these great venues. You know, pass a dollar on the road with him. I might be in front of three, five thousand people one night. Uh, next year I'm doing this Acquire the Fire tour for twenty days. They average ten, fifteen thousand people. So it's just uh, it's it's amazing that God opened up my not only a lot of doors, but He opened up my eyes to a whole other different world and a lot of different other uh, outlets that I didn't even know was out there. Incredible! Hey, can, can, can we can we talk about before we go any further the red carpet? Because I I understand that the red carpet is about to be on and cracking with my man. I can do that. <laughs> The red carpet is definitely about to be on and crackers in two ways. One, I th- and I thank you, Roddy, for mentioning that. I really appreciate that. Uh, 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 we we have first Sundays at the Medallion Center that's kicking off 
on November 6th. And that's going to be my monthly premiere comedy night. And that's going to be, you know, uh, gospel comedians, some uh, gospel artists, um, urban soul artists, and getting basically a great night out for uh, uh, young Christian adults and others, okay? Then, and that has a red carpet. That, that'll be at First Sundays. And then before that, coming up on October 29th, I, I'm so excited to be hosting the uh, the Stella Awards nominations concert live wow. on Gospel Music Channel. And that'll be 8 o'clock p.m. Um, uh, myself and, and Platinum Gospel Artist Trinity 5-7 are, are hosting it. Uh, my, our, our partner from the Monique Show, uh, Michael Johnson, is directing. And, uh, oh, nice. Course, but it's being produced by Don Jackson, who does the uh, Stellar Awards. So it's just a great opportunity for me to get out there and 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 after working for a couple of years diligently with with you and Mo, then it's great to jump out there in front of the camera on, on, in a television setting. So uh, that's October 29th, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern on uh, Gospel Music Channel. Hey man, y- y'all y'all got all the information, and you can again you can you can um, check out my man Ock. Uh, on his Twitter feed, he's at Oclabs, that's at A-K-L-A-U-G-H-S, at Oclabs and Akintunde.net, that's A-K-I-N-T-U-N-D-E.net. I'm going to wait till I get the rest of the comics on to ask you a couple of more questions. So, Oc, mm-hmm. man, because you know, you know, you know, I, 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 I never end a debate about gospel versus secular comics. So we, <laughs> we'd, have had, we'd have had some knockdown, drag-out debates on this subject. And, uh, you know, I, I think... I think that you know. Well, let me give you this before we before we move on to to my next guest. L- let me let me give you this. What's the business like for you dealing with churches versus dealing with clubs since you've dealt with both? You know what? It's it's amazing because like I I hear all these horror stories from comedians, but it's two things real quick. One, I I can count on one hand the times that I either didn't get my money from a church or I got my money later. And uh, whereas opposed to a comedy club, I got video footage with me threatening a promoter and taking his, uh, his, uh, his, his whole speaker and amp out the club. So I, 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 been, I did both. Um, the other thing of it is I operate a little bit different than a lot of comedians. I operate on a love offering system. Mm. Which means it, uh, I don't I don't say you got to pay me this to a church now to a promoter. Let me make this perfectly clear to anybody listening. To a promoter, I can see it has a fee, okay. But to a church, I say I guess I operate on a love offering system. And it's amazing because man, I've seen when I switched and started doing that when I stopped quote unquote charging ministries that I I began to actually receive more money. And it's crazy. Wow. So I mean, you know, you know, you. I mean, there's literally been nights when uh, I've I, I've taken home a check that I would have never fixed my mouth to ask nobody for at this stage in my career. Wow. So it, so it's just been a, a you know a huge blessing. So that for me, it's been nothing but nothing but good. I mean, you know, I you know I we we all know the, the road comic life and we know the club scales. Clubs have a scale. Exactly. Uh, I found in faith and in, 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 in operating as a Christian comedian, I don't have a scale. It's God's scale. Wow, well said. I remember when you first told me that, it really affected the way I even did my business as a quote-unquote secular comic because, you know, you have you, you, you go back and forth with people. You, you find yourself haggling with them over, you know, this and that. And once once we once I start really considering it that way, it kind of helped me to handle my business as as it relates to, you know, the, the secular world. 
you know, although I've always played churches, I've always, you know, you know, had the ability to, to walk into a church and be funny and, and not use profanity and not use innuendo. Mm-hmm. But by that same token, I never wanted to label myself. So mm-hmm. talk to me about the label of gospel comedy comedian and what comes with that. Well, and I'll say this. God told me to do it that way. I mean, he, it was clear. It was a clear mandate. And um, uh, so, I, you know, I know some of my other uh, uh, peers who are Christian or gospel comedians, they don't, they don't label themselves that, and I, and I don't judge them and have a problem with that, with that at all. Even, you know, it was whatever God told you to do, but he told me to, to label myself as a Christian comedian, and that's, what I, that's how I operate, and that's just because that's my perspective on life. I, I try to. I don't always hit the mark, but I try to judge everything from a Christian perspective, and that yeah. takes oxygen out the way. So, so for me, it's, one, it's amazing, Rodney. Once I made that decision, bro, it's amazing how doors open up. The day, this is no exaggeration, the day, the, the day after I fired my manager and my agent and hired my wife as my manager and said, I'm going to do this as a Christian comedian, God, you have to, lay, have, to, have to lay this out for me. That very next day, Mo's brother, Steve Imes, who was manager at the time, called me up and hired me for uh, the Showtime of the Apollo and the BET Awards um, to write on both of those series with Mo. And, and literally, uh, I wound up writing three seasons on Showtime of the Apollo as a monologue writer. And then BET Awards, of course, that's a national uh, uh, t- uh, television broadcast major. So, I mean, that happened after I made that decision. So I always tell people, you know, I've had the, the, the debate with many people, gospel or Christian comedy title has never uh, kept me from, do- from doing anything. I love it. Hey, this is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live. You listen to my man, Ock and Tune. They Ock, stay right there. Hold on the line. I got to go and bring in my next guest. Man, I- I'm so excited to bring this guy in. First of all, one of my favorite comedians, bar none, secular, gospel, or other. You know, I, I love, I really love stand-up comedy. And this guy is one of the most artful stand-up comics in the game. You can check out his website. He's at michaeljr.com. You can be a friend of his on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash michaeljrfans. Or you can tweet him. That's right, you can tweet him. Michael Jr. Comedy. He's at Michael Jr. Comedy. One of, one of the premier comics of our time. If you can think somewhere between Bill Cosby and Jerry Seinfeld, if you can think Grand Rapids, Michigan, if you can think The Tonight Show, you can wrap your mind around this comedian. Ladies and gentlemen, show some love as he come to the stage, Mr. Michael Jr. What's up, M? Yo, what's up, man? There's a stage? I thought it was radio. Well, you know, it felt good. Okay. It just came out that way. <laughs> oh. Right. You've been hosting for a long, long I, I, time. Way You're too long. King host. <laughs> you, you got you got skills at it. I can tune day. What's up, man? How you doing, yo? Oh, hold on, let me let me pull him back on. I, I put him on hold because I wanted to talk to you individually. But let, oh, you, oh, oh, there you go. Okay, say no, say no, hi, right. Mike. What's up, bro? Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Just about to talk about you. Then he put you back on the phone. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so good to, good to, um, Talk on, Mike. Talk on. I ain't got nothing but good thing to say about this brother right here. Yeah. Hey, hey, hold on, Ox, man. Saying, listen, man. Listen to us. And we, I'm going to bring all of y'all in in a couple of minutes, but I definitely want to uh, want to have a conversation with Mike, man. First of all, uh, for anybody that don't know Michael Jr. comedy, uh, I, I, character, I characterize Michael Jr. as probably one of the smartest comedians I ever, ever uh, saw, uh, one of the 
most well-written comedians I ever saw. And and that could be a dig sometimes. You say somebody write good, that means they usually don't perform well. But you not only write good, but you perform, <laughs> and you are so specific. What what I've always noted, like Michael Jr. will move a comma in a joke. I mean, literally. Like, he'll move a comma, and it'll change the entire joke. Mike, where did you get that meticulous uh, style in terms of your writing? You know what happened, man? Is uh, I'm just on getting some real revelation. We haven't even talked about this, man. When I was a kid, this is this is where my comedy comes from. When I was a kid, I couldn't. I had a hard time reading. Well, let me say it a little better. I couldn't read, right? <laughs> um, so like I, I literally, like for real, dude. I, like I couldn't read. So what I did was I, if I saw a word, and I'm talking about grade school. I'm talking about fourth, fifth grade. If I, if I saw a word, I didn't know what it meant. I had to try to figure out what the word meant. Most people would see the word and they would move on. I would see a word. And then I'd be stuck there. So I came up with seven different ways to look at one word to figure out what it meant, whether it be the colors around it, how people responded to it, the font size. I came up with seven different ways. Then in high school, still hard for me to read. Like I probably graduated high school reading at a fourth grade level, for real. You didn't even know this, Rodney. Anyway, so I, uh, but then I adapted this ability to look at a word, you know, seven different ways, but I also learned how to look at a situation seven different ways, almost in a matter of two or three seconds. So what you see, you see a situation one way, instantly I can see seven different possibilities. So in the form of, you know, uh, low self-esteem as a child, like the devil is really working on me, trying to hold me down. But then, but now I have this ability to look at anything seven different ways, which is exactly where I pull my comedy from. So God is using it for good. So I'm like mad excited about that. So that's really what causes me to uh, be very meticulous about what I say or how I say it, because the biggest thing is I want the entire audience to fully enjoy it, even if a person can't quite comprehend it at some level. Maybe I can add something else in there that can help them come along for a ride. So that's kind of great. Man, I've always been impressed with you. I, I laugh at your jokes to this day, like years later. I mean, not you don't have to say it. I can just see a guy with a toupee on and crack up, and it's because of you. <laughs> Do you text me? You text me one time, and you said Juan in a text. That's all you said. The joke I do about the little. I was at, I was at the airport, and they stopped me, and they was like, uh, "We're gonna use a Juan on you." And a little short dude named Juan came over and started frisking me. So you text me one day, Juan. Come on, lad. That's so funny to me. You're just such a brilliant. You know, I I love brilliant little jokes. Like, you know, it's not, you know, I don't need, I don't have to be invested for an hour to get it. But, you know, what what originally impressed me, you and I, we were playing a college, and you did a callback. Like, I think you were doing maybe a 25-minute set. You introduced this topic at three minutes in, and you called it back like 19 minutes later. I remember saying to myself, this guy is a superstar, and I, I was just impressed. That was fun. So I remember, I remember the, the lineup too. It, it was uh, it was Joy Wells, and then uh, what's his name it was Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg, who, right? who uh, has since passed away, 
And uh, yeah. yeah, but but one of the things I want to talk to you about, Michael Jr. and uh, both you and Akintunde and and of course Bone, who is going to be on the time. You guys have all individually been spiritual kind of guidance for me throughout my career, and since we've met. And uh, you gave me a great concept. I'm not going to ask you the typical gospel comedy questions. You gave me a concept that you call pulling the trigger. Or trigger money. Oh, the trigger, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk money. to me about trigger money. Trigger money, money is uh, trigger money is uh, it's just it's really an attitude of, of 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 giving. Like I always keep and anyway, I'm not gonna say how much it is because people gonna be rolling up with your problem. I always keep a certain amount of loot in my pocket just to give away. Like it ain't even my money no more. Like I erase it from my mind, like it's not even mine. And then if I see somebody at a grocery store, if I see somebody really in need, or if I see a a single mom or whatever, even even if they don't look like they're in need, but I feel like God is telling me to, to give them those $50, bang. I just always have that money on the side, to like trigger money, just to give it to them at an instant, just because I always like to be in a position where I could give. So, um, and then I told you about it. You got some trigger money on you right now? I, I, I'm, I'm barely dressed right now, but I, I do carry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate, to, hate to tell you all this. That's some trigger lotion. Yeah, I got a little trigger loaded, ready to, ready to, yeah. But anyway, so, <laughs> but I, I thought no, that yeah, was such an amazing concept. Yeah, yeah, well, it's just an attitude of uh, wanting to give, because I'm always looking for opportunities to give, whether it be, because my whole thing is, I've, I've got some real revelation. I, my comedy is really about uh, healing and building families. That, that's really what it is. So anything that you see me do, for the most part, will be in that direction whether it be the next documentary or, or my stand-up special or whatever's going on, it'll be about healing and building uh, families because that's the, uh, the mandate to use opportunities word. I like that word when he said it. Yeah, he's nice, he nice, uh, he nice with that. He's nice with that. Now, Michael Jr., I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. characterize you as a gospel comedian, but I know you're a Christian, yeah. and I know that you, you know, you believe that Lord Christ died on the cross for your sins. I ain't trying to throw that line away, but I know that. About you, but right. your comedy—I uh, don't think has been pigeonholed that way. And is that something that you did mm-hmm. deliberately, or is that something that you are beginning to embrace? No, you know what it is, man. Is I've always wanted, like when I went to church as a kid, because I didn't—I didn't go to—I didn't get saved. I was like twenty-seven years old or something. But when I went to church as a kid, that stuff was scary. He was yelling and screaming. The pastor had some slam in his throat. He kept trying to get it out. <laughs> so it was like, I just didn't understand it, man. So uh, as an adult, in the after, you know, I did comedy long before I did, uh, became a Christian. But then once I became a uh, once I became a Christian, I was like, this is nice. And then the pastor started asking me to come to their church. But the funny that I'd already developed was already there. Like I was, I'm already looking at everything seven different ways pretty quick. So if it's if it's reading the Bible or if it's uh, if it's something in the Bible or something that happens in church, it just flows out from that type of thinking. Now I also am one to want to have everyone in cool. You know what I mean? So so the comedy that I do at a church, God gave me this accountability right here. Any comedy that I do at a club has to be clean enough so I can do it at a church. Any comedy I do at a church has to be funny enough that I can do it at a club. So it has to kind of work both ways, and it's. And some, I'll probably say 2% of my comedy may be uh, church-specific, meaning you have to go to church or be into a church in order to get it. 
and then the rest of it is just, uh, you know, uh, anybody can grab a hold of it. So I do, a, you know, it's it's really about uh, reaching the entire crowd, even though I write my jokes so uh, 3% of the audience don't even get the joke. It has to be, like, it has to be written in that way where 3% don't even get it. They just laughing on faith. The last one was funny. Oh, I didn't get that one, but it was funny. <laughs> and that way I know I'm at a point. I'm a, I know I'm at a clever level where everybody, where somebody got to do some work. I ain't gonna be the only one up there working and sweating. Hilarious I'm question. Now, now I, 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 I work on this concept. I think an audience largely moves on peer pressure. So, so let, let's say, for instance, if it's a lot of people, and 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 like you say, you hit that that sixty percentile, and they laugh. The rest of the people will just roll with it, even if they don't get it. You know, they'll laugh and ask, what do you say? But but when it's a smaller crowd, I think that's when your artistry really shows through. Dude, that's that's where the money is for me, because if it's a small crowd, that is where you really grow at the end of the night. That's when, I mean, you know, I've done some, some events at homeless shelters and prisons, and there's not a lot of people there. And these guys really don't got that much to laugh about. So now it's about, yo, am I really funny or am I only funny when it's a lot of people and a couple of them agree that I'm funny. You know what I mean? So that right there is where, the, for me, the money is in making a room full of six people laugh because you can't even stand up in front of six people. you gotta, you got to engage the audience for real. Other yeah. than that, you're the weird dude standing up in the room. Right. What's, I mean, why is this guy so make standing up? All right, why is he standing? Why is he even using a microphone? I'm really confused right now. It's six <laughs> six <laughs> we can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> We can hear you on the PA system. We can hear you. We, so uh, I love those type of shows. I mean, I don't look. I don't look for them. I don't. I don't put them in my contract. If there's more than six people there, I ain't going. No, it ain't that. But when I show up and it's a really like if it's if it's not the idea situation, if the lighting's not right, if whatever's not cool, I used to get really, really. I used to trip a little bit, be like, this ain't gonna be cool. But now I've learned that is the areas that I grow in. Now I'm, able, now I'm able to go to the homeless shelters and abuse children and do events for those people and really bring the heat because I've been through some other shows before, and it's not about me getting laughs from people. It's about me giving people an opportunity to laugh. So uh, with that revelation, I'm ready to do whatever show. Now, now, now speaking of, uh, and, I, and I'm going to bring Akatunde in on this question as well, speaking to um, uh, reaching out to people, you know, that aren't your typical audience a la jails, a la homeless shelters. Uh, I know you did a project called Comedy, The Road Less Traveled, a really great piece, mm-hmm. a really awesome piece, and, and so powerful. But the question I want to ask you about is Michael Jr., the producer. I know I can tune day is taking on that hat. When you take on that producer hat, is it hard to maintain your funny in lieu of the work? Uh, for me, no. I would say no because I try to make sure I got the right people around. So when I show up, all I got to do is be funny. If I'm producing something, I'm really just implying maybe the money or maybe the idea or something. And then I bring in some people who are really going to hit the ground producing, even though I did produce Comedy Roll, Let's Travel, and that stuff was a, it was a lot of work. So I got mad love for producers because it's it's hard to wear uh, it's hard to wear both hats and then still bring bring the funny. But I was so um, married to Comedy Roll, Let's Travel, and I was I was in it, and then we were traveling and uh, the camera crews and there were different crews at every location, and 
And uh, I, what I learned from that is I ain't doing it again. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be producing and bringing the jokes. I'm, I'm going to hire me a producer, and I'll just bring the jokes. I don't know. I mean, I could do I'm He's been producing long before me. I remember he was, I mean, he'd been, he'd been producing. I don't know. His kids might be older than mine. He's been producing so long. But what's your, what's your feel on that? His kids might be older than mine. <laughs> I talked to me I talked to me about Akatunde the producer and I know you did a documentary years ago about stand up comedy and I was a part of it. I know you got the sound bite for me 'cause I got I got uh 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 I got gonged or whatever they was doing, the crickets on Comic View. Yeah. And I, Right, and oh, I remember you, yeah. you. That was one of the parts of, you wow. know, of your documentary, man. So, right. so talk to me, Akatunde, the producer. What, what's that like for you? Well, well, just just to clarify what Michael said. Yeah, I've been producing kids for a long time. Riley got me beat though, but I, I've been producing for a long time that in that way. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, for me, the producer, it, it, I kind of take the same role that Mike takes in that. I. When, once I get to the, I always tell my staff, I say, look, I say, the day of the show, I'm Octa Comedian. Don't even ask me nothing. This is a problem about this. That's really that. You, you know, I, I'm not, that's not my problem anymore. And But before that, I kind of I kind of learned by trying to do too much and, and either failing or not being as good as I could have been in whatever particular area. And so whatever hat I went at that time, wear that hat well and don't worry about trying to, you know, uh, do too much. Because that's where I think you really mess up is really understanding how to, you know, really navigate both of those by just being, doing one thing at a time. So, uh, you know, and for, for me, I always, like, I, I thought I was going to be a director and before I was going to be a comedian. I kind of fell into comedy. I didn't want to be a director since I was in high school. So it kind of, uh, it, it, it's kind of, easy in that regard for me to just step out of one and go into another. Wow. Hey, hey you guys, it's Rodney Perry. It's Rodney Perry Live. I'm on with two of my favorite comedians, Akin Day. He's at Ock Labs. Or my man, Michael Jr. You can check him out at, uh, what is it, Michael Jr. Comedy, right? At Michael Jr. Comedy uh, on Michael Twitter. Jr., MichaelJR.com. Oh, MichaelJr.com, yeah, 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 man. Michael uh, Mike, Mike you 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 are uh, again one of my favorite comics. You you are so respected though, and that's one thing that I, I've always respected about you. When we walked walked into the uh, the comedy and magic club, and and Michael Junior said, "Hey yo, this guy is a friend of ours," you know, <laughs> and they rolled out the red carpet for me. I was like, I was like, Michael Junior is a gangster. <laughs> Uh, this, that's just a nice club, right? That's the best club. I mean, that club is like ridiculous, dude. I mean, that club. I, I got some comedy clubs I mean, that I love. Every I got some comedy clubs that I love, but that is probably the best club as far as how they treat comedians in the world. Yeah, it's ridiculous, yo. It's just ridiculous. That's why Leno's there every Sunday performing or whatever. Plus, you're funny. I mean, like I was saying, something that wasn't right. I mean, you're you got mad. You just you're funny, you know. So. And you, you got twelve kids, so people you can hear you have to eat. I do night. not have twelve children. I have six. <laughs> I have oh, six. And, uh, okay. People people ask me all the time, y- y'all gonna have any more? I say if she keep laying there. You got six on the east coast. Um I love what I do, man. Talk right. to me about that, uh uh Michael Junior the father. 
uh, and how how that uh, affects your comedy, if at all. You know what? From the gate, it affected my comedy because I've always thought had the mind process. Even when I was just hitting the clubs, that anything I say on a stage, my kids can repeat. So that, that built-in accountability was great. And now, so my kids come to any show that I'm doing, whether it be at a church or a club. The only club I let them come to though is the County Magic Club. They can't. They're not rolling to the improv room. It's just too many, too many elements to be explaining afterwards on the outside and inside. That man right. on the dress, Daddy. Okay, let's talk later. So, um. So now, so yeah, I, I think my, my kids are extremely. My son said to me that he said, "I, I want to be a comedian." Two twelve years old, I was like, man, you better make sure you 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 gotta walk in purpose. Whatever you do, whatever anybody does, they gotta make sure they're walking in purpose with it. A lot of people think they're supposed to be comedians, or they want to be comedians. But what if you're really supposed to just be a funny doctor, or a really entertaining janitor? I mean, there's no telling what you're really supposed to be. But end of comedy, is, end of comedy, janitor. Is pure. <laughs> you silly, Mike. Hey, this Rodney Perry Live. We all with with Akatunde, my man Michael Jr. Also, man, two very funny comedians. Hey, we got a couple of callers on the line and want to talk to y'all, man. So I'm I'm gonna let my man Andrew in. Andrew, you on with Akatunde and Michael Jr. Andrew, you on the line? What's up, Andrew? Andrew's a quitter. Andrew. Andrew. I'm looking at you on the line, dog. This we talk eight three two. We on you on. You on Andrew? One two three go. Doc, it ain't Andrew. It's Ezra, man. How you gonna mess my name up, right? What is it? It's Ezra. Ezra. Ain't this gospel comedy day, man? Ain't nobody got their Bible in their hand. Man, yeah, I'm going to go to Andrew. Man, my my assistant is a white lady. She don't understand these black names. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> black in the Bible, Doc, you know. No, what, what's up, Andrew, man? How you doing, man? What, I would roll with Andrew. Tell me about your journey, man. He did ride on a Cadillac flavor camel back in the day. Come on, man. <laughs> so, the desert, man, with the children of Israel. Come on, man. What's up, buddy? How y'all doing, that's man? The only, that's the only book in the Bible you read, too, huh? The only one your name. Everything else you threw it out. Like, you're trying right to be here. funny. I'm a, you're trying to be funny, but I'm going to bust you down. I read two books in the Bible, dude. Ezra and Malachi. All right. Cool. No, my first, no, my, my first name is Ezra. My middle name is Hosea, so I had to read them, too. Yeah, wow. Jose. Wow. Mama wouldn't let me go outside and play till I read them two books. So, Ezra, Ezra, you a gospel comic as well? You know, I, I, I'm like what y'all talked about earlier. I'm a clean comic, and I really don't like the label gospel comedian, but sometimes you just have to go with the flow, and it's not something to argue about because uh-huh. – Early on, when I when I uh, made the transition, I'm kind of like acting tuner. I kind of got thrown into it. My mom had me to host a, a hallelujah night at, at her church, and the pastor tried to cap on me, and I got him. He was like, well, man, we bringing Ezra back next Sunday night. And I'm like, in your church, though? You know? Right. So once I pulled it off, I did an hour, man, and I couldn't say nothing crazy in front of my mom and my daddy. Right. So 
I started getting invitations to do other churches, but then I had some pastors that say, well, if you don't use this label, gospel comedian, I can't let you come in my church. Really? And I, now, yeah, now, 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 that's, that's interesting. That's <laughs> interesting, Ezra, that you would bring that up because that's, that's, that's the eternal debate, debate that I can tune in and I have been having for like the last year. Because I told Ak, I said, Ak, I want to come to your church and uh, and perform because they do, you know, shows occasionally. And Ak said, well, Rod, you know, my pastor, because they've had a horror story with another secular comic that they brought in, you know, in his defense. And this dude said some wild stuff. So by virtue of that, and I'm like, but Ak, you know me. You know I'm not going to do that. But that's beside the point. So the question is, is... What about the pastor that that is so rigid that he won't allow, you know, a guy like a Rodney Perry to come and, and perform in those same forms? He don't want Rodney Perry coming in his church because Rodney Perry might bring out something in him, you know. That's all it is because I'm, I'm an honest guy, man. I've played golf with pastors, I've, you know, gone out and had dinner with them, lunch, done meetings with them, you know, and, and a real pastor, man, if he's serious about what he's doing, he's a, a real individual. He don't put up a front. When you go up to him and say, what's up, pastor, he don't go, oh, bless God, I'm I, He real with you. It's all good today, baby. What's up with you? And y'all can talk, man, because when you get those that are just two white cloths, Later on, something happened to where they they shatter your image. And I ain't all of them, but you know I've, I've been around for a while, so I really just prefer to be known as the guy that delivers the clean show as opposed to gospel. I mean, I've taken guys on the road with me because I'm kind of a chitlin circuit guy. I do a lot of churches, and I'm I'm like, act, hey, you know. I had to get rid of people out of my camp and just start booking my own stuff and, and managing myself. And I'm saying, God, hey, man, I'm gospel comics, so-and-so, so-and-so. And, man, I'm going to get some ice, and they taking two, three girls in the room. Uh-uh. You out of my camp. You can't work with me no more, man. You fronting to get work. There's a lot wow. of comics. I hate to say it, but they are fronting as Christian comics because it's easy to get that Shallow Baptist Church going to get in the improv for a weekend. Well, let me let me let me jump in there. I, first of all, let me say this, Ezra. Hey, 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 Ezra. Thank you for the call, man. Hang on the line. Keep listening, cause I I I, I need y'all to be clear, and I'm about to bring in Bone in a couple of seconds. I think right. Ezra need to come on. Ezra's name is Ezra Hosea. I mean, only thing he missing is Nehemiah's rumor bell. He might as well just come on and do the same, cause he got all the biblical days. His mama his mama obviously preaches. She called him up in the church. Come on, Ezra, quit tripping. But I mean, really, I mean, just the, the, I don't think we should label it as if a pastor doesn't want someone to be in their church and they're not being real or that or that is something wrong with that. What it, what it is, what I realize is different people have different standards, and just because that's that person's standard, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong thing. And if I can't live up to that standard, then that doesn't mean that they're I'm bad or or, or they're bad. It's just that person has a standard, and, and what I was talking about with my pastor, me and Rodney, this is our debate. When we get in private, when we're in the trailer, we're on the phone, this is the debate we have. And what it is is simple. Like my pastor is like this. If you are going to be doing something different later on that would 
be bring question to any of our members or anyone who was there that night that of who you are or, or would question the integrity of the ministry, then he won't have you. Um, it's not about funny. It's 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 just it's not about anything that he's uncomfortable but, with. But, it's just but this, this is my issue with it, and, and I, I, we won't beat this to death. But this is my issue: is I think that by virtue of him saying no to certain people, that he misses an opportunity to witness to said person. So if you are truly a man of God. And, and your job is to is to tend to the sick. How do you not let a sick person in? <laughs> sometimes, but sometimes the way to minister is so, by maintaining gotta, the standards. Go ahead, and go I, ahead, Mike. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, he gotta. The pastor has to protect his flock, yo. You know what I'm saying? So, so he can minister to you, but he, but if 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 a, if a comedian needs ministering to, he and he's already sick. As if the pastor was him as sick, you don't put him in front. Be like, yo, won't you cough on everybody? And then we all be sick together. No, 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 no. You gotta, you minister to that cat behind door. A, a pastor is, he, he, he has a flock and he has to protect the flock because whatever that person says on stage, if that person says something and it's a great show, that's great. And then they see him next week cussing and fussing or doing whatever. That's a direct message to the flock saying, yo, this is how you should be on Sunday. But then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, go out and do your thing. I'm telling you, it's a direct message. And the pa- a, a smart pastor is like, yo, can't, uh, I can't, I can't have that because I know that's how I want people to see it. They'll see him and be like, yo, he was just at our church. Oh, cool. I'm gonna go. I'm going to hook up. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. I'm just telling you from a from a. He got to protect his sheep because sheep, and we are all sheep, are dumb, and we're gonna do whatever is in front of us or whatever seems like it should be done. We're just gonna do it. So a right. smart pastor will always protect his flock. Even if, even if it uh, even if it bends to the side of uh, uh, upsetting a few people, where people are like, oh, why are you so strict? You're like, well, you don't understand, and so that's kind of where I, I, that's where I think his pastor is. So I think he's making a good move. I don't see why I ain't been in your church, but you know, other than that, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, Mike. Hold on, Mike. That's, that, that, that's probably the the, uh, yeah. uh, the best way I've heard that argument put. You know. Um, Personally, I'll I, I give you a quick story before I bring in my next comedian. Uh, I, I had a, a friend of mine that had become saved. His name was uh, Rick Sullivan. Rick used to book shows in Oakland back in the day. And Rick was a gangster. But Rick became saved. And the church that Rick start, start, uh, that be, he became a part of, they started doing comedy shows. Well, I was one of Rick's favorite comedians, so he called Rodney Perry. So the pastor went online and online, there was uh, my Laughapalooza set, who who I will admit was peppered with profanity, <laughs> you know. And it was it was a younger version of who I was, who I am now. And it was a cussy set. It was a there was a, that was the atmosphere. So I don't make no excuses for that set. But it, the set was what it was. So um, he said, No, I do not want to hide this guy on. Long story short, they do these shows for like a year. Now I took personally took offense. Cause I was like, you know, you know, I wasn't gonna sneeze on your congregation, Mike. You know, how dare you? You know, I was really upset, and I was upset more that he he didn't take an opportunity to 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 have that conversation with me. You know, he just said no. So the uh, the show goes for a year. They had all these different comics in. And they finally get back around to me. Now they're a little more savvy. The audience is, you know, seeing comics. They know what they like, and they want Rodney Perry. 
So Rick called me again. Rod, you know, the pastor's ready for you. I was like, yeah, but he's going to have to call me personally, Rick. We got to have a conversation before I walk into this church. So we, we ultimately had that conversation. I went and did the show. He, he he told me afterwards, he said, Rodney, you put on the best show of any comedian that's been in this, Christian or other. And and beyond that, he apologized for, to me for not having me sooner. So I say my argument to Aki is that to this and, and to Michael is that you can't always judge that particular human being by that their whole that that one slice of their body of work without knowing them and 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 I know what y'all going to say and we're going to let y'all talk later cuz I just wanted to say this in the clear but now now it's time to bring on this my dude this this me and this guy go back you know he's always been a gospel comedian so you got Akintunde who 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 became a gospel comedian after being a secular comedian you got uh, a Michael Jr., who I really don't characterize as a gospel comedian, but he is definitely a child of God. And then you got my man Bone, who is uh, and, and, and before I even go into Bone's Bone's bio, let me say this: the reason I had these particular three comedians on is because I regard each one of them as funny, funny, funny. One of the hits on gospel comics is that they are not as funny as everybody else. So. That's why I call these particular three guys. They all knock down funny. Uh, coming on next, ladies and gentlemen, one of the guys that's been doing it, and, and another reason why I call this particular guy, he not only works uh, the the black gospel world, he also works the white gospel world. So you might see him uh, 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 where he writes for our friend Sherry Shepard. You might see him... Um, in a, in a film where he's done different movies and things like that, or you might catch him at one of these festivals across the country that he hosts, you know, 20 or 30 festivals a year. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, coming to the stage, Mike. Coming to the stage, my man, Bone. What's up, Bone? Big dog, boy, you make me sound like I'm somebody. <laughs> you is somebody, boy. You is somebody. Go ahead, oh. Now, now we've we've talked to Akintunde, uh, we've talked to uh, Michael Jr. I'm gonna let you say hi to them guys before we get going. Mike, uh, say what's up to Bone. Ak, say what's up to Bone. Bone Hampton, what it is, bro? What's up, Ak? What's up, Michael Jr.? What's going on with y'all? Y'all sound like y'all depressed. What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm just letting you know, Rodney gonna, Rodney gonna try to get booked at your church. I'm just letting you know, Rodney gonna try to get booked at your church. You better, you better know it. Setting you up. See, I can't, I can't that's put that all in there. That's what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's, here's, here's I'm doing the show. Here's the thing, yeah, and it's hard on me because me and Rodney go back so far. It's hard for me to say say no to Rodney because I know it's hard more than I care about what he say on stage. And I'm a dude that I come from a place of. You know, you could teach a monkey to be clean on stage. That ain't what impressed me. What I know that goes on in your life behind the scenes, that's what made me look at you either as you a dude I want around my son or you a dude I don't even want around my worst cousin. So the argument about what you say on stage and don't don't say on stage, it ha- it has the whole the weight that it holds, but it just holds a lot more weight when I see you doing behind stage. Now, I do a show called Comics for Christ, and I'll put Rodney on any Comics for Christ show that I do. Now, the difference is 
I go up there and say a disclaimer too. Wait a minute. And I say. <laughs> I let the flock know because I'm with you, Michael Junior. They need to know if they need if they if they might get coughed on. They might not get coughed on that night, but later on, you need to know. Hey, be careful when you go up in the comedy union because you ain't gonna see the same thing you saw at First Baptist. So I'll say a disclaimer. Next brother I'm about to bring up to the stage, he's not necessarily a Christian comic, okay? He's not necessarily a dude that every time you see him, he's going to have a punchline that say Jesus. But he's one of the funniest dudes I know. He respects my walk as a Christian comic, and he respects what's going on in this pulpit, and he's funny. So tonight he's going to come put it down in a way that's acceptable to everybody in this church. Y'all put your hands together for my friend, Rodney Perry. Man, I almost clapped my hands. I mean, so when Rodney do it and they get it, it's like, hey, what you see him do when he leaves? I already told you he wasn't a Michael Jr. He wasn't an act. He ain't ain't that. But he cool enough, he respectful enough, and show enough, funny enough to do what needs to be done tonight as you Christian folks came and said, I don't want to hear no profanity. I don't want to hear anything blue. I don't want to hear anything vulgar. That's why I'm coming to the show at the church. But can it be as funny as what happened in the club? So that's for me. Now, pastors, they might not want to go through all that, and that's their thing. But for me, I'm going to put Rodney Perry on the stage because I know what kind of dude Rodney Perry is. Okay, Bone, enough about Rodney Perry. First of all, y'all okay. listen up. Okay. We got to talk about Bone Hampton. First of all, go to his website. It's BoneHampton.com. His Twitter is BoneHampton, and his Facebook is The Real Bone Hampton. Now, take me back. Take me back, Bone, to the University of North Texas. You was playing football. You was uh, uh, getting your degree. You did an internship at FEMA, but you also found your way to the stage during that same time. Take, take me man, back there. How did that Man, I, I'm, I'm at North Texas, and uh, the show called Living Color then came on TV. It's the first black sketch comedy. I'm watching it. I'm feeling the homie, the clown, and the other characters that they're doing. And then all of a sudden, this dude named Jamie Foxx gets on there, and he do the ugly girl Wanda. Uh-uh. Rodney, I promise you, man, that's every girl I ever met in my life. I can't. I, I, I can't take it. I mean, I'm going through asthma attacks, laughing at Wanda with the blonde hair, her big lips, and just ain't nothing her fault. If, if, if it ain't working out, that's called something wrong with you. I'm tripping. It gets to the point to where every Monday in the uh, at football practice, the team is like, boom, give us a recap of last night in Living Color. Tell us what Wanda did. And so it was just like it was just on and popping. Every, every Monday it's like, give us a recap. We was clowning. Coaches get involved. They're like, okay, this is our Monday morning ritual. This is cool. So next thing I know, Jamie Foxx is on tour and on campus. I didn't know. Somebody told me on my way to biology lab, hey, you know Jamie's going to come on campus today. When? He's like, right now. I went until the teacher turned their back, man. I snuck out of biology lab to go see Jamie. I was like, it was a for education. Hooray for education. There was a basketball player looking at me like, you just go step out of biology lab? I'm like, look, dog, you start. I'm on the third string. They don't really care what happens with me, okay? <laughs> I get down to the doggone student union. Jamie down there tripping, having a Wanda contest. Nobody knows what they're doing. They're up there almost getting booed and clowned. I get up there. I have my little baby fro. Jamie Foxx said, give it up for Billy Ocean. So everybody's like, oh, here we go, some more clowning. 
I had made my own Wanda. You know, I wear glasses, so I had to make Wanda wear glasses. So right. I was like, hey, I had to uh, went to the doctor because uh, something was wrong with my bicycles. And when I hit bicycles, Jamie was like, wait a minute, you know what you're doing, huh? And it was like, yeah, I thought I had me some collard green. Turned out it was some poison ivy. Uh-oh. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Went to the So, uh, wait a minute. You started her. off your gospel comedy career in a dress? I started out my gospel comedy career <laughs> in a fuchsia dress. <laughs> ah, fuchsia. That's fuchsia. hilarious. Fuchsia dress with a, uh, a blonde wig and some glasses and some big red lipstick. Well, I got news for you. You can't work at your church either. <laughs> No, I know to have a uh, have, have a long conversation with the pastor first. Hold on, hold on, I mean, when I started, he, he can work because he's not wearing a dress. Can Paul work in your church? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even seen Bo in his dress. He good to go. Hey, <laughs> hey, wait, hey, hey. We tried to get Ock to wear a dress on Monique. Ock was like, "Man, no." <laughs> <laughs> not happening. The problem is, I didn't know no better. I didn't know no better. I didn't have the dudes that I needed in my life to say, you know, this really is going to mess you up for a long time. The best thing that it was no Facebook, it was no Twitter, it was no MySpace. So there ain't no pictures. There ain't nobody seen it. It's just, right. uh, it's just a rumor. So I can talk about it. And then if I need to uh, say, you know, that was before, I can just say that was before. Hey, hey, hey Bone, talk to me about um, the funniness of a, of a gospel comic versus the funniness of, quote, unquote, secular comics. Okay, now I got three categories I break this thing down in. You got a church comedian, you got a Christian comedian, you got a Christian comedian, and then you got a clean comedian that can do churches. Mm-mm. Now, the problem with comedy is comedy is very, uh, I don't know if I'm trying to say subjective or objective, meaning that comedy is about what you relate to. Subject. You know, uh, and if you're a church comic, you probably have never been in a comedy club, so you don't know some of the rules of just what makes stuff funny. Now, we could talk all day about the rules of what makes stuff funny. And all four of us on the phone, because of our experience in comedy clubs, we know stuff that, that just ain't going to work in a general group of people. That's just not going to work. And you know what to do. You know your highs, your lows. You know what words push, what words don't. Church comedians, they ain't never been in a club, so they don't know the rules because, in general, church folks just have somebody up there not cussing. So they laugh at stuff that uh, what I call a real comic be like, man, that's not funny. They're just giving you love because they appreciate the fact you didn't cuss. They're not giving it up because you hit that funny bone. Now, a Christian comedian, now that's what I would call Ock. That's what I call Broderick. That's what I call uh, Mike Jr., myself, Thor Ramsey. Christian comedian, all we do is we tell the same joke style. We just tell it from a Christian perspective. And a Christian perspective is just as valuable as a, a black perspective, a Hispanic perspective, a female perspective. That's just where we're coming from. And we understand that you have to present it in a way that you can't be talking all that Christianese if you want general folks to get it. Yeah. So when I think about what's 
you know, a secular comic versus a gospel comic, I always go with, is he a, is he a church comic or is he just a Christian comic? Because a Christian comic can go down there to the punchline, can go to Uptown, can go to the Comedy Union. He ain't got to kill for an hour, but he should have 10, 15 minutes of material that can work. And that's, and that's it. That can work. You ain't, you know, if that's not your crowd, you ain't got to have people bending over, but you should be able to work. And if you can't do that, that's when I'm like, I, I can't put you in the category of a comedian that I respect. Because I look at it like this. If Garth Brooks showed up and did a guest spot on an Ice Cube concert, he can't kill for an hour. But you let Garth Brooks go out there and sing Friends in Low Places. You watch all them Negroes like, you know what, I didn't know that was him, but I know this jam because Garth is a pro. And that's the way I look at comedy. It might not be your crowd. But you better be able to go out there and hit 10. That's the beauty of uh, L.A. that I kind of missed down here in the ATL, is you would see different comics from different genres show up in different rooms, and they're like, I can do 10 because I know what I'm doing. So that's where I start uh, kind of losing some of my peers of, like, you ain't never been anywhere but a church. It's just hard for me to give you that level of respect because I haven't seen you do anything that I – willing to put a stamp behind and tell Ian's at the comic union or whoever at the comic store, like, oh, yeah, put th- put them up. They'll do well for uh, 10 minutes. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. It's Rodney Perry Live. I'm on with some of the best comics in the game, my man Bone Hampton, um, also Akintunde, my man Michael Jr., all on the lines. And, you know, you don't want to, I want to talk to you about, and I talked to Ak about this a little bit, is writing for other people. And, and I want to pose this question to Michael Jr. as well. Writing for other people, uh, what's that like for you, Bone, and how do you characterize that, that other art form? Because it's, it's, it's something different than what we do as stand-ups. You know, uh, for me personally, writing for other people is you really got to get away from yourself. You have to look at that other person, figure out what do they do that makes them funny, and start writing in that vein. Because if they if they don't do okay, perfect example is me and Michael Jr. We about as different types of comics as they are. And I think Michael Jr. is as funny as anybody in the world. I can't do it the way Michael Jr. do it. I watch him sometimes. I'm like, Mike, I don't know what kind of cool water you got flowing through your veins that you can talk that low and that slow and not get nervous. I'll panic. panic. Sometimes I'll be in the back panicking for Michael Jr. I'll be like, I don't know what I would do if I had to go (laughs) like that. And I'm sure Michael Jr. would be like, Bone, can you slow down, please? Stop there yelling. There ain't no Stop yelling, Bone. I'm like, Mike, that's the only way I know Absolutely. how to do it. So if I had to write for Michael Jr., I would have to completely go away from what's natural to me and get into this is the way Mike does comedy. So when I'm thinking, it's like, that's, that's not the way Mike do it. You got to get into that intellectual side of you, Bone, that college degree and figure out, okay, this is how Mike does it. And that's where I think it gets hard for most people to write because they don't want to step away from what they naturally feel and start catering to the person that they're writing for. Uh, Mike, what's your take on that? If I had to write for uh, someone, well, let's say if I had to write for Bone, it would be a struggle for me as well just because that's, that's not my voice. But what I could do is I could absolutely watch Bone's set 
and really add on to whatever he's doing. Or if he, uh, if we got together on the phone, which is what I do with some writers, we'll just get together on the phone, tell me what they're doing, and then I, and then I have a systematic way of going through everything that they're uh, that they want to put on stage, and then kind of uh, like first out. I'll listen with with a loud interruption. So let's say they got a joke about finding a wife at church. So I'll listen to what they want to say, but they have to allow me the opportunity to interrupt them as many times as I want to before they get to the punchline. So I'll help them develop what they're doing, and then at the end we'll have something all new, and it'll, it'll be in their voice. But for me to actually sit down and write for somebody else, write for Bone, I would start sweating just writing for Bone. I'd be like, okay, then i got to run over here. i got to jump over. Now, now, now me, as, like a, as, a, as a writer, Rodney Perry as a writer, my gift is organization. So I think that's what you're talking about, Mike. Like, I can I can help somebody organize a set, or I can tell you that that's probably a wasted piece right there. You don't really need that. It's trim the fat. Because I think that as we get further in this game, whether it be gospel, secular, or other, that you have to begin to edit yourself to keep editors out of your jokes. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, okay. I totally agree. I mean, Rodney, I think, Rodney, you're right. That's one of your gifts. I mean, one thing we we would do on the Monique show, we come downstairs with these these what I call fat jokes. And it's got a, it's, it's, it's funny from a premise standpoint, but it's just got too many angles. It's got too much going on. Rodney was real good at, at restructuring bits, uh, whether, it's, whether it was sketches or whether it was comedy, and then, you know, of course, you could take the more and more have a whole other twist on it, which is the beauty of her. But I think that is one of your gifts, and I think realizing whatever your gift is, like my my gift is ideas. I'm great with concepts. And then getting with people who are great with breaking it down and trimming the fat and doing what we call eating healthy is what gets that joke to, to the point where it's funny. What's That's good. I always, my stuff is I'll show up with a, like I'll get a punchline first. This is what will happen with me. I'll, the punchline will come to me first, and then I walk backwards or put the rapid story around the punchline. That's to you know, and then and I find that that's way more. Well, that doesn't happen every time, but I find that that's a way more pure form because now the story can be whatever, but the punchline is is there. So now everything else is wrapped around it, and then I hide it as much as I can. And then when you get it, here it comes. You weren't even expecting it. So those are the ones I like to write. Like to write the most. Wow, hey, hey well said. Okay, hey, y'all, it's Friday Perry Live. Uh, we we kind of, I think we dropped Akintunde, but we still on with my man Bone. We still on with Michael Jr. and and we're we're talking we're talking gospel comic gospel comedy, <clears throat> and uh, I'm I'm a fan of 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 gospel comedy. I'm a, I'm a fan of comedy in general, and uh, those of us who who happen to be Christians and happen to tell jokes, I think we have a u- unique responsibility. How how do you view your responsibility, you know, as a comic? Uh, and, and, Bone, you could take that first. Well, for me, and it's something that you touched on earlier, uh, I do a lot of festivals, and I do as many white churches as I do black churches. And my fan base in the white churches is really more of the teenage kids. And the black churches is more grown folks because I really ain't got a whole lot to talk about that uh white folks in the church uh, go through what I go through. But apparently the kids go through it. So that's where our connection is. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of kids, so my responsibility is actually different than some of my peers because I know a lot of parents let their kids watch me freely. They they let their kids watch me like they, like they let them watch cartoons. So I have to second, I have to go back and second look, uh, 
take a second look at some of my stuff that I'm okay with as a grown man talking about to uh, grown folks, and I have to look at it and be like, but is that okay for kids because, well, you know, a big majority of your fan base are kids. So my responsibility, it goes to a different level of just not just saying something that I know God approves, not just saying something that I know the people that keep me accountable approve, but also saying something that, uh, you know, high school kids can hear that their parents won't be like, okay, that's not what I want you to be listening to right now. Hey, we're talking about uh, our, our, our respective responsibilities as 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 Christians and as comedians in general. I, I look at it like I think that, you know, largely comedians, you know, are kind of selfish, whether it be Chris, Christian, gospel, or other. I think mm-hmm. we're selfish individuals. And what I mean when I say that is that your journey is always about you. And I really think our bigger purpose is lightening people's burden. You know, whether that be in a comedy club or a church, it's people that walk in there when they know it's comedy and they really have everything on them. So for a few minutes they get to depart, you know, because of us. So I, that's that's where I, I view my greater purpose. Michael Jr., how do you see that? Yeah, no, I agree with you in a big way. I was at the uh, I was performing at the County Magic Club one night, and you know this from seeing the documentary. Um, uh, I was at the club one night. Just I get off stage, and you know, right before I got on stage, actually, I had a change in mindset. Uh, like Romans twelve two, and, and instead of going up there to get laughter from people, God was like, I want you to go up there and give them an opportunity to laugh, which changes everything because I'm not mm. looking to take; I'm looking for an opportunity to give. So I leave the club. I'm outside. There's people all around me. You know, every time I leave this club, same thing. People around me, they're smiling, laughing, they want autographs, they're buying my stuff. This time, though, I look across the street and I saw a homeless guy. I got all these people around me immediately smiling, but then across the street is a homeless dude. You know, I've never seen a homeless dude buy this club before ever, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean he wasn't there before. It just means before my mindset was to get laughter from people, so why would I even notice this homeless guy? So as soon as I had a change in mindset, I'm like, what about him? How could I give him an opportunity to laugh? Because every, cause now it's a whole other perspective. Like the whole game changes when you when you look at it from the perspective of you giving as opposed to receiving. Now you can actually slow down if you want. There's no rush. It's like if you have a gift for someone and you go to their house, you don't hand it to them as soon as you get in the door. You assess the situation first. You make sure they're in a good place where they can receive the gift you have for them, and then you present the gift. And, and ideally they, they take it from But even if they don't take it, so what? You were still looking to do a good thing. You still did what God told you to do, and you presented them with your gift, as opposed to you trying to take something from them. So that's what you know sparked the whole comedy role of travel. And even even on that, that's what I do now. Whenever I'm on each, I'm always saying to myself, "Well, how can I give? What can I do? How can I be a blessing? What can I give?" And then as a result, I get laughter, which is fabulous. But that's not the main point any longer. It's just not. And then everything is a, a blessing from that point on. Absolutely. Hey, I, I, what's your take on that, man? Uh, your your responsibility as a comedian. Well, I mean, I I, I totally agree with both uh, Mike and Bone. Uh, for me, it, it's an assignment. It became an assignment for me. It, it didn't start that way. Really, for me, it was a it was a way out. Uh, and then it became an assignment. And my assignment is clear. God clearly laid it out for me. That is, is to bring laughter to the body of Christ and draw the world to Christ. And that's why it's so key for, uh, like I tell Christian and gospel comedians, people who label themselves as that, you need to make sure that you're funny because you're representing God and it's not about, you know. Uh, you said that kind of gangster, too. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, really. I mean, because, because you're 
ministering to people and because you're representing the kingdom, then you should have the, the quality and the excellence of the kingdom. And a good comedian works on his craft. He works on his writing. He works on his stage presence. He works on his ability to bring a quality uh, uh, show. And, and, and for me, one, once I decided that it wasn't about me getting laughter from people, really, it's the same as Mike. It's amazing to me how much funnier I then became because then it was like, let me be a blessing to these people. I'm never nervous about a show. I, you know, no matter what the situation is anymore, because I, I, I have gone to the point where it's like, you know what, God, you brought brought these people here. You know what they need. What can I? What do you want me to do tonight? What what set do you want me to do? What lineup? What energy? You show me that, and from there, then he takes over, and then it's not about me being funny. It's about me being anointed, and I think that's the difference. And 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 wow. I'll say this to anybody that'll that'll listen. You don't necessarily have to be a gospel comedian to be anointed. Like, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of people that's going to need us. And, uh, like, if you listen to this group of comedians, I mean, I think we're all kind of saying the same things, but we all have really individual different walks and, and that have taken us down different but similar paths. So I, I got a question from the, from the chat room uh, that they posed. What's the difference uh, – between colleges and churches as you see it. Uh Michael Junior, I'll start with you. Oh, uh a college, you go there for education and you go there for spiritual growth. <laughs> Classic. Classic Michael Junior. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What, what's the difference? What's the difference in the way a guy says he's going to community college and the way a guy says he's going to a university? Uh, okay, so you, that's a great setup for a joke. Well, if somebody's going to a uh, community college, <laughs> there's always a longer response when you're going to community college. What school you go to? Well, see, right now, I'm going to life together. I got it. hurt my leg the other day. I hurt my leg the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so silly, man. Yeah. Oh, okay, let me ask you a question. I think okay. I, I think the main difference for me, the main if, if I'm going to a church, uh, you already kind of know everybody's perspective. The challenge at colleges is the kids out of college they have no idea what their perspective is. So you can't if you don't if they don't know for sure what your perspective is and they don't have any idea what theirs is. College kids will get upset about anything you say. You say the word Mexican, they're like, oh, you can't say well. Like, they don't even know what they believe yet. They're just all over the place. <laughs> it, it just don't even make, it, you know, it just don't even make sense. I mean, they just, they're confused and whatever. So I find at colleges a lot of times you really got to be, uh, everybody don't already know who you are and know what you bring. You got to kind of be a cheerleader. They'll be like, so who's from the west side of the <laughs> 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 I am not a cheerleader. <laughs> hey, hey, my, my thing mean. about colleges, I just feel old, dude. I feel old as hell. I'm like, I'm like, I'm a, officially a hundred years old. I step into a college campus. I'm like, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm Methuselah. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to my kids. You know, my kids, they, and they look at me like they're my kids. They all have the blank stare, like right. 
But you know, Rodney, I think right. that's the beauty. <laughs> I think comedy, the beauty of comedy is we all do it from our own point of view, our own perspective. And what, what I stopped trying to do uh, uh, maybe about three, four years ago is stop going to colleges and trying to become my young son. My, like my son, be like, Dad, you need to change your clothes. I'm like, you know what, man? I'm grown. You know, I, yeah, I don't care about that, that stuff no more. And, I, and I, when I started doing that, that's when I started having more success when doing when doing colleges. Because for a minute, I had stopped doing them. I was like, man, I don't even want to do colleges no more. Because they don't get it, and I don't get that. Right. I'm not trying to. But when I just came at him and look, here's what y'all going to get in a few years. Here's where y'all are now. I got, I got a son this age. This is what he does. That's when I got a connection with him. Got it. Bone, talk to me about the festivals. Speaking of becoming a cheerleader. <laughs> they, they, I, I, they really trying to make you become a cheerleader, man. What's going on, man? So I was these uh, uh, Christian festivals, and uh, they both sides. They the gospel side, Christian side. Gospel side is got uh, Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond, uh, Marvin Sapp. So festivals, you get to bring all the headliners together because they got thirteen thousand seats, so they can make the money pay everybody. I host it. And then I host the uh, the white side. I, I'm tired of saying gospel Christian. You know, Toby Mac, Skillet, Cast and Crown. So they cool with what I do on the black side because they don't know no better anyway. They just like go out there as long as they ain't throwing nothing at you. We cool, bone. <laughs> uh, so I'm on the white side. We having a good time because I know how to work the you know the kids. We having fun. They gonna come tell me they like, hey man, we need to talk to you about this other host, KJ Five Two. He's a rapper. And he, he hit a home run. He knocked it out the park. Oh, what did he do? He bought in a super soaker, which is a water gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, he started shooting people in the crowd, man. It was a home run. So we want to talk to you about doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to look at him like, you said KJ is a rapper, right? So he raps, right? So do you know how I can't go back to my neighborhood? And when I say my neighborhood, I ain't talking about my black neighborhood. I'm talking about professional comedians' neighborhood. <laughs> but I, I was out on Southie with a water gun. I'm like, we got two props that we will let you get away with, a puppet and a guitar. Them is the only two exclusive props of... Professional comedians, and we still trying to get you a little sideways when you pull out either one. We like, oh, you know, you know, ain't going with the puppy again. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, you don't what, what you can't do. <laughs> what you can't do is make the mistake and bring a water gun to the gospel show. That's what you can't do. No, no, no water and no, black no. people. That don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check it out. Oh, this is worse. A uh, black man shooting a water gun on a black woman or a black man shooting a water gun on some white folks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all, all, all that's bad. All that's bad. See what I'm saying? Okay, so, okay, okay. Everybody hold, hold the phone. Hold the phone. I got to bring my dude just called in. I, you know this guy. Bone, you know this guy. Michael Jr., you may not know him, but, you know, he one of my friends, so he one of yours. Ladies and gentlemen, we talking gospel comedy, Christian comedy, but let's let's open this up to Allah. Show some love for Tone X as he joins the conversation. Hey, ah, Why we got to open it up to Allah? <laughs> <laughs> 
Angel is good company opening it up to Allah. He wasn't open up to Allah. Just logged off right there. I want to get Allah in here. Tell him holler at somebody. Well, he is in here, man. I was just listening to y'all. I am thoroughly enjoying this conversation right here. This is one of the best discussions I've heard among comedians in a while. There's a lot of intellect and wisdom going on on the phone. And Akintunde, brother, good to hear you. My man Bones, good to hear you. The other brother, Mike. Michael Jr. Yeah, it's good to hear you. And Rodney, yeah. as always, man, a pleasure. So I just had to call in and now, 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 X, X, man, you, you know, I mean, I, you, you, one of the people I, I, I value your opinion on a lot of levels as a man, as a father, as a, as a husband, and, and as a comedian. You know, one of the people, one of my go-to guys that I call when I'm working on the set is uh, Tone X. Tone, speak to me your your relationship with God as it relates to your comedy. You know, wh- what's that journey like for you as, as a, as a Muslim? It's a tight rope. It's a tight rope. Um, I can tune in. We have an inside joke that we always do <laughs> and ox see each other. I say, Ock, you started off Muslim and ended up Christian. And he said, yeah, Tone, you started off Christian and ended up Muslim. And Ock calls me Christian and Muslim put together. He calls me a Chrislam. He's a Chrislam. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. Yeah, he said I'm a Christian because, you know, I'd be like, assalamu alaikum in the name of Jesus, right, the same breath. <laughs> so, you know, when, when I do my comedy, as I've gotten old and matured and now with a family and a wife, I mean, everything shifted. And listening to the gentleman earlier when you were talking about the difference between going on stage and trying to be funny and then going on stage and just trying to let the people get a laugh, is what I call the difference between trying to go on stage and be funny and, and versus going on stage and being entertaining. Mm. And and now as I get older, I understand that the responsibility is bigger, uh, the words become greater, and you start to stray more away from creating something that's funny to just telling the truth. And you start to understand that the people appreciate your words more when you're being truthful with them, and you're being truthful for yourself, too, because when you're telling the truth to them, as the old heads say in the church, when you're trying to minister to someone else, you're ministering to yourself. So you're actually building up both. You're building up the crowd as well as building up yourself. So to me, it's just more of a responsibility because now my son really pays attention to what I'm doing. He really pays attention to what I'm saying or my wife pays attention to what I'm saying. She's my manager. So to me, the responsibility becomes greater, and I just want to leave the stage and leave people knowing that I touch them in a positive way. I'm always talking about taking people's burdens off when they come to the show because you never know the mind state of a person when he comes and laughter is the best medicine. So now it's the same thing as going to bed at night and having a peaceful state of mind knowing you didn't wrong anybody knowing you didn't hurt anyone. It's the same thing now as going on stage and just knowing and hoping that in, in your way, or using your gift that God gave you, that you lighten the burden for someone in your audience. Thank you. Thank you, Tone X. This is what I'm going to do. I got one final question for everybody, and then I want to go around. I want to go round table, and I, I'll call out your names individually. Y'all tell me what y'all got going on. Shout out your, your, uh, any final words. And uh, so this is the final question. Uh... <laughs> 
gospel groupies. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Now, let me tell you, and, and let, let me preface that with this. I once went to um, Bishop Noel Jones. He has a Wednesday afternoon service. It, it's a lunchtime service. And he began to break down that particular, that Wednesday I went, how many women hit on him during the course of a sermon. He said women would sit in the front row and show him their stuff. So I'm saying, y'all guys I got on is better looking than him. So at the very least, Women be hitting on y'all. What's that like for a gospel comedian? And have you ever been, uh, yeah, tipped it? Hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to with you, right. Michael Jr., because I bet you got the most civilized answer. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm in awe because nobody ever even tried nothing with me. I don't know. I'm a little confused. What's going on? <laughs> I'm uglier than the pastor you just mentioned, apparently. No, uh, not at all. No, I've had I've had uh I've Come had on. women um uh you know what I just I don't even like my wife is really fine, like like in a big, big way, and I got five kids. So I always do the I do the math on that like real quick. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess some of it is ignorant. I guess some of it is, is ignorance on my part because I don't even notice it most of the time, and uh, and I think some of the a lot of the events that I'm at they're probably really intimidating to make the approach because I think me and I can is is actually the opposite because I do probably 98 percent white churches, okay. literally, literally for real, and I don't know what your numbers are, I, but I'm 90, so, so that's a big move for a well, white woman bone does, at a bone church. Does the, the white church. Yeah. Bone, you're single. All of us are married. Bone, you're single. All of us are married. What are your gospel group is like? Uh, first of all, with my little disclaimer, I'm not saying that I have gospel groupies, but <laughs> if I did. You know, just just real talk. It's just like everything else. You know, Satan makes sure that he has his Jezebels and his Delilahs uh, in the churches at the comedy shows just like he has them in the clubs. And we got this thing that uh, we that's called Christianese. And what Christianese <laughs> is, that's Christian lingo. And Christian lingo allows you to say stuff that can't nobody hold against you, but it puts it out there. What's really going on? You showing sure his so, up there, Bo? <laughs> I mean, it, it's so funny because uh, uh, I could you being anointed in such a wonderful and great way. But in uh, Christianese in the file, anointed is code for uh, I think you're fine, I think you look good, and you're making uh, me, uh, yeah. But I can't <laughs> say all that in the church. So what I just say is, you sure look anointed in that suit. Yes, you uh, do. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, you look anointed in that suit. Look anointed. You look anointed in that little skirt. Uh, I probably look anointed. <laughs> you look anointed. I look anointed. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. I, I, I know you're going to shy away from this question, but give me something. No, I mean, I mean, here's here's you, first thing you gotta know yourself. Yeah, this one I know Ock is in it because he but he starts stuttering. 
I know myself. This is a conversation I had with my son the other day. My son, he, my son, we were talking about lust and we were talking about temptation. And he said, you know what? I really wish that I have to deal with it. I said, understand this, son. I said, as long as you got the desire, you will have temptation. But what you have to understand is who you are in Christ. Once you cover that, then everything else got to fall in line. So for me, I know that I can't do something. Hold on, hold on a second. I, I don't know how old your son is. I got him three years old. How, how old is your son? <laughs> my, old, my second oldest son. It's sixteen. So we have any we we have okay. any adolescent conversation conversation. Okay. Okay. Now, see see I don't I don't encourage those sixteen year old to do nothing right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying don't do no. nothing right. Come on. No, no man, that's make not, mistakes, yeah, that's not what you're saying, I that's not what you're saying, I. No, let me let, let me clarify what I'm saying. I used to have women that would approach me in clubs and say some of the craziest, wildest, quite frankly, some of the nastiest stuff I ever heard. I haven't had that problem in the uh, in in churches. First of all, because I'm doing 50 minutes on my wife and kids. You got to have anything. Nobody ever said you look anointed in that suit. No, no. <laughs> I heard I heard people walk up to my wife and say your husband is a handsome man. Now you know what I'm saying. And so they're trying to get a threesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, yo, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm telling you, I don't have. You got to be real trashy to walk up to a man and talk about his kids. And his wife for for nearly an hour, right? And, throw, and, and put and put one out there, you you uh, you 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 real slack. You trifling. You a trifling female. Tone X, what, what's the Muslim gospel world like? Muslim well, you don't have to worry about me saying too much on this because my wife is right here in the kitchen looking at me in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and your Elijah don't play. Your Elijah looking play. like Honorable Elijah Muhammad right now. You know, first of all, you know the Muslims. We got that bad rap. You know, yeah. ever since Malcolm, he got his heart broke. When they found out that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had a few of them on the side. Right. So, you know, as it comes to side pieces, the Muslim community, even depending on how you look at us. But you don't really, you know, you don't really have time to worry about that, Rodney, because uh, the women are 85% covered, which a lot of times gets you in the most trouble. I think a lot of times I would rather for them not have all of that on because, you know, you're still dealing with a sister's physicalities, and even if you're 85% covered, when you make that quick left or right, Uh-oh. it still could be a problem. But, you you know, I really don't have to worry about that because I'm around in a suit and a bow tie, so the most they probably try to get from me is an extra bean pie or something like that for free. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, this is this has been so much fun today. It's Roddy Perry. It's Roddy Perry Live. I've extended the show because I got so many funny people on. I wanted to make sure I covered everything. We 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 covered a lot today. I want to thank Michael Junior, Bone Hampton, uh, Ock, everyone. My man came in and, and really killed the tone. Act. And I got I got comedian Jay Stevens, man. I want to let him into the conversation. He called in. Jay Jay, you got a word for us before we get out of here? Yeah, man, I just wanted to say what's up, man. Y'all got me over here in tears, man. Um, I agree with what everybody was saying. I was dying when you asked the question about the groupies, and it was silence. Nobody wanted to go first. <laughs> Nobody wanted to go first, man. But uh, first of all, uh, I used to have the black comedy show. Rodney used on my show. Michael Jr. used on my show on the Blog Talk Radio, black comedy show. Oh, you yes, know, I don't yes, know if absolutely. y'all remember. Yeah, yeah, man, that's, that we used to have fun, but man, y'all are killing me today. But you know what? It was Tone X. I said what I wanted to say before I chimed in. Uh, what I wanted to say about the comedians and God giving us a gift. You know, in the Book of Proverbs, it says that a merry heart does good like a medicine, and and we all have a responsibility 
as comedians, when we go on that stage to deliver laughter and to heal people from what they're going through for that hour, 30 minutes, whatever time we're on the stage, man. So I, I agree with everybody was saying, man. Y'all had me dying today, for real, for real. Hey, hey man. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for giving us a call, Jay. Where you located? Where's 440? Oh, Cleveland, Cleveland, baby. Cleveland, oh, Cleveland Ohio. Yeah, yes, y'all, 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 them Browns look kind of good yesterday. Hey, well, you know what? I hate to say it, Cleveland. I love my Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? But I'm a Pittsburgh fan, and everybody know it. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> I, I, I'm coming to Pittsburgh real soon. Hey, man, thank you so much for the call. That's my man, Jay Stevens. Thanks for calling. And uh, is your show still on Blog Talk, or, or what you doing now? No, no, man. You know, I'm doing so many shows and stuff that I just stopped doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just focusing on doing the comedy right now. I enjoy listening to Rodney Perry live. Hey, and man, plus, thank you, you so you much. You took all my listeners, man, so I had to stop doing the show. Oh, man, don't mind no, that on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, thanks so much for the call. Hey, hey, we're going to go around the table. Let me know what you got going on. We're going to start with you, X. What, where you at next, bro? Uh, actually, this Thursday, man, we're doing something called Retrospect. That's when I host Thursday nights at Justin's. That's uh, P. Diddy's restaurant. And we only play 80s, 90s. Uh, Ock, if you come through, I'll make sure your name is on the guest list, and I promise <laughs> just for you, okay? And then uh, at the end of the month, on the 28th, I'll be in Augusta Club. All right. Oh, that, that's off the chain. Ock, uh, that, that's you. Ock, what you got coming up, baby boy? Well, uh, coming up uh, this weekend, I'm in uh, St. Peter's uh, in Vero Beach, Florida, Nashville, Tennessee next week, and uh, we're hosting the uh, Stellar Wars Gospel, uh, I'm sorry, Stellar Wars uh, nominations live on Gospel Music Channel. Please watch that. That's uh, October the 29th. And then the uh, I Can Tune Day radio show, which we got to have this conversation on my show, uh, debuts uh, on radio stations all over on uh, that weekend. So, that's the two big things for me right there, and I want to say this right here. One of the main reasons why uh, uh, that I, I respect and I, our friends in particular with uh, uh, Rodney Perry, Tone X, uh, me and Mike don't talk as much, but we have a very, very high—I uh, have a very, very high level of respect for this brother, as well as as Bone, who uh, just don't call folks. But anyway, that's not comfortable. Uh, <laughs> I have a I have a high level of respect for these brothers' integrity, and uh, particularly uh, Mike and uh, Rodney and uh, Tone. They, these 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 men are great husbands and great fathers, and for me, that's what's most important. Our comedy is just what brings us together, but what keeps us connected is our uh, commitment to our families and to our wives. So that 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 just blesses me. So thank you all for having me on, man. Hey man, thanks for thanks for uh, calling in. Bone, you, you got you got any final words? What you what you yeah, got yeah, coming up? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and, uh, well, and, and 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 before you even go, thank you for yesterday, man. We went to the uh, to the game yesterday, and uh, the 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 uh, Atlanta uh, Atlanta um, Atlanta and uh, the Charlotte game. Uh, Tone was he wanted to come, but you know we we couldn't make it. But we had a ball, man. And I want to thank uh, my man Bone for hooking that up. Go ahead, dog. Appreciate that. First thing, I want to make sure I cleared up what Ock was saying there, because at first I got my feelings hurt, because he said especially I want to give it out to Rodney Tone and Michael Jr. for their integrity. You know, that's going to cut me. Then he went on to say, because I heard this before, I'm like, oh, that's well, what about not. My and I, I'm, I'm going to need Ock to start rearranging his words 
Hey, man, this, this has been an absolutely incredible show. Um, I want to I wanna send a special prayer out to the people that make people laugh because it's, it's not always what it looks like. If you are a person that has enjoyed comedy, you, you probably don't know what the comedians are going through. They're going through uh, ups and downs financially. They're going through the ups and downs of, of life, um, you know, maybe having, you know, uh, marital troubles or relationship troubles, or maybe they're a little lonely. So next time you see a comic and he makes you laugh, give him a hug. Make him feel good about his life. Tell, let him know that he's funny, you know, outside of your laughter. Walk up to him and tell him how he made you feel. It goes a long way with us, man, and, and a lot of times being a comedian is a really lonely endeavor. Rodney Perry, what I got coming up next, I'm in uh, Monroe, Louisiana, Thursday at the Southern Soul uh, Restaurant and uh, Club, Monroe, Louisiana. I'm doing that. I'm in Arlington, Texas from the 28th through the 30th. Arlington, Texas at the Arlington Improv. I'm at the Houston Improv the following week, the, uh, the 4th through the 6th of November. We getting it in, and then I hook up with my man Kenya Kenya Crooks, my trainer. The wait is over. Greenville, South Carolina. We are coming to the Carolina First Center. It's gonna be off the chain, and uh, I'm excited about what the next chapter is. I hope your next chapter is better than mine, cause mine gonna be incredible. My name is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live, and that's our show for today. Hey, thanks guys. Thank you everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you, bro. All right. Yeah. Man, had a blast. Love y'all, man. Be good. Love you too. All right. Be careful on that cruise.